Good morning, friends. Today is Friday, April 2nd, 2021. It is Good Friday. Our readings for today are Psalm 22, Wisdom 1, 16 through 2, 1, 12 and 22, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 20, and the Gospel of John chapter 13, verses 36 through 38. Thank you for joining me this morning. As defined by an epiction, excuse me, as defined by the Episcopal Glossary of Terms or an Episcopal Dictionary of the Church, Good Friday is the Friday before Easter Day on which the Church commemorates the crucifixion of Jesus. It is a day of fasting and special acts of discipline and self-denial. In the early Church, candidates for baptism, joined by others, fasted for a day or two before the Paschal Feast. In the West, the first of those days eventually acquired the character of horse. Oh my gosh, I can't speak this morning. Sorry. Eventually acquired the character of historical reenactment of the passion and death of Christ. The liturgy of the day includes John's account of the Passion Gospel, a solemn form of intercession known as the Solemn Collex, dating from ancient Rome, and optional devotions before the cross, commonly known as the Veneration of the Cross. The Eucharist is not celebrated in the Episcopal Church on Good Friday, but Holy Communion may may be administered from the reserved sacrament at the Good Friday service. The Book of Common Prayer appoints readings for morning prayer and and evening prayer on Good Friday. We are reading the special readings for morning prayer for Good Friday today. Many churches do many different things for Good Friday. Um, My home church has a day-long ecumenical service where they invite representatives or um, I guess the better way to just say that is just say preachers, preachers from um, all over their local community from all different um, walks of or Christian walks of faith, (laughs) but different denominations to share a message on the seven last words of Christ. We sometimes have a tenebrae service in the evening, which is a beautiful chanted service. I, I miss these things. I feel like uh, Holy Week has not been at all the same this year. I've been far busier at work. Every year I tell myself I'm going to learn the lesson and take Holy Week off. And um, there was just so much, so much going on. I, I, I feel like church life has gotten even further disconnected from, from daily life with everything being online. For me, it's just become, I guess maybe I'm a little online fatigued. I spend most of my day at work in meetings, both online and in person, and It's increasingly difficult for me to feel connected through Zoom. And I just miss the in-person. I miss the in-person agape meal and foot washing on Monday, Monday, Thursday. I miss desperately sitting in the, in my area of the world, usually chilly church all day on Good Friday and listening to many different voices and many different messages. 
Jesus wearing the robes and reading the Psalms from a physical book to a physical group of people on this Good Friday I find myself grieving for all the things that we don't have and I have no inclination to try to push that aside and focus on the things that we do have in this day I am going to grieve the things that we have lost the years out of our children's lives, the physical touch, just in greeting or goodbying of a neighbor and a friend. I am going to allow this to be a day for grief. And it seems some somewhat appropriate as we grieve in some way for Christ as well and for ourselves for just as Christ was unrecognized or recognized and gravely mistreated, murdered and executed through fear. So have we also in our lives not recognized Christ, mistreated Christ. I think we can through our human connection of shared experience in that we all experience life, human life, life as a human can connect. And in this day, I say that perhaps we let down our tremendous need to press through by refocusing and allow ourselves to feel the grief, the remorse, the repentance. That's what Lent is all about, right? We know that, that greater is coming. That is something we can hold to with faith. And with God's help, it gives us the strength to walk through these dark nights of the soul to not run from them in fear, but with God as companion, walk through. I apologize for the long intro this morning. <laughs> Let's get to it, friends. Thank you. Christ Jesus, being found in human form, humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God. Let us kneel in silence 
and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God is full of compassion and mercy. Come, let us worship. We will use Psalm 95 as our invitational. Verses 1 through 7 are commonly used as the Venite, but when we use all of Psalm 95, we add a few more verses. <clears throat> Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. Let us listen today to God's voice. Harden not your hearts as your forebears did in the wilderness, at Meribah and on that day at Massah when they tempted God. They put God to the test, though they had seen God's works. Forty years long God detested that generation and said, these people are wayward in their hearts. They do not know my ways. So God swore in God's wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. God is full of compassion and mercy. Come, let us worship. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me, from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel, and you our ancestors trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved, and you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm, not human scorned by others and despised by the people. All who see me mock at me. They make mouths at me. They shake their heads. Commit your cause to God. Let God deliver. Let God rescue the one in whom God delights. Yet it was you who took me from the womb. 
you kept me safe on my mother's breast. On you I was cast from my birth, and since my mother bore me, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls encircle me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs are all around me, a company of evildoers encircles me. My hands and feet have shriveled, I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O God, do not be far away. O my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. From the horns of the wild oxen you have rescued me. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. All you who fear God, praise God. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify. Glorify God. Stand in awe of God, all you offspring of Israel. For God did not despise or abhor the affliction of, of the afflicted. God did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to God. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear God. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek God shall praise God. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to God, and all the families of the nation shall worship before God. For dominion belongs to God, and God rules over the nations. To God, indeed, shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before God shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for God. Posterity will serve God. Future generations will be told about God and proclaim God's deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that God has done it. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Wisdom of Solomon But the ungodly by their words and deeds summoned death, considering death a friend. They pined away and made a covenant with death, because they are fit to belong to death's company. For they reasoned unsoundly, saying to themselves, Short and sorrowful is our life, and there is no remedy when a, and there is no remedy when a life comes to its end and no one has been known to return from Hades. Let us lie in wait for the righteous person, because they are inconvenient to us and oppose our actions. They reproaches us for sins against the law and accuses us of sins against our training. They did not know the secret purposes of God, nor hoped for the wages of holiness. 
nor discerned the prize for blameless souls. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle F, A Song of Lamentation. Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? Look and see if there is any sorrow like my sorrow, which was brought upon me, inflicted by God's fierce anger. For these things I weep, my eyes flow with tears, for a comforter is far from me, one to revive my courage. Remember my affliction and my bitterness, wormwood and gall. The steadfast love of God never ceases. God's mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is my portion, says my soul. Therefore will I hope in God. It is good that we should wait quietly for the coming of God's salvation. A reading from the first letter of Peter. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that was to be yours made careful search and inquiry, inquiring about the person or time that the Spirit of Christ within them indicated when it testified in advance to the sufferings destined for Christ and the subsequent glory. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in regarding in regard to the things that have now been announced to you through those who brought you good news by the holy spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look therefore prepare your minds for action discipline yourselves set all your hope on the grace that christ will bring to you when christ is revealed like obedient children do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance Instead, as God who has called you as holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. For it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you invoke as creator the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. Christ was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle S, a song of our true nature. Christ revealed our frailty and our falling our trespasses, and our humiliations. Christ also revealed their blessed power, their blessed wisdom and love. Christ protects us as tenderly and as sweetly when we are in greatest need, raises us in spirit, and turns everything to glory and joy without ending. God is the ground and the substance, the very essence of nature. God is the true parent of natures. We are all bound to God by nature, and we are all bound to God by grace. And this grace is for all the world, because it is our precious parent, Christ. For this fair nature was prepared by Christ for the honor and nobility of all, and for the joy and bliss of salvation. The Holy Gospel 
of our Savior Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Simon Peter said to Jesus, Where are you going? Jesus answered, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to Jesus, Why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. I'd like to share a few thoughts on the readings today. Friends, as we observe this day in which Christ died with the foreknowledge that Christ then rose again. That Christ, before the beginning of time, knew everything that would happen I think it's a good time for us to challenge one of the long-standing, in our lifetimes, concepts about the temporary death of Jesus. And it's one that didn't come into being until at least a millennia after Christ's death. Um, I believe it was St. Anselm. I've been reading The Last Week um, by Borg and Chrisan, which is a wonderful book um, about Holy Week using Mark's gospel. But in this book, as in other places, including, you know, conversations with my own spiritual director and the text that we've been reading, We have this belief in our Christian contemporary culture that I believe needs to be uprooted, that Christ's death was substitutionary, that we were so bad, um, and Nadia Bolzweber talks about this as well, Um, just kind of mentioning a few of the folks I've been reading so you can see where I'm kind of piecing things together. But to get to the point... um, it's pretty ingrained in us at this point, if we've been steeped in Christian culture for a while, that Christ's sacrifice was a substitutionary one, that Christ died in our places, that we, because we are sinful, deserve to die. And instead, Christ died for us. And it had to be Christ, it had to be this perfect human being, because none of the rest of us are perfect. We could not save ourselves, and so Christ saved us. And the message that I would challenge us to replace this old message with is that it was not 
a substitutionary sacrifice, but rather a reconciliatory sacrifice that through Christ's death, we were reconciled. We were brought back into reverent and grace-filled relationship with God, that we were given new life and that life was both restorative and also completely new. That everything that had come between us and God, every blockade that we had unwittingly built was swept away. God knows us and loves us and has created us as flawed, imperfect, holy human beings. And this holiness is not In spite of our sins, it's not a covering over of our sins. We are loved as we are. Imperfect and sinners. In this moment. In every moment. And when Christ died, Christ overcame one of, if not our biggest, obstacle to receiving God's love, to being in full relationship with God, to allowing ourselves to be made whole by God. And this is fear. What are we more afraid of than death, than complete humiliation, than torture, than unbearable pain? in the unbearable pain of our most loved. All of these things, all of these terrible things were present on Good Friday as Christ was tortured, as those closest to Christ were bereaved, as Christ died. And we were for the moment at least in our utmost feelings, left completely alone. Christ conquers all of this. Christ conquers death, loneliness, fear, abandonment, betrayal, all of it overcomes it all. Christ is not just die in our place as punishment for sin. Christ goes to the very roots of sin. Fear. Perceived scarcity. And abolishes these. Christ does not just absorb our punishment. Christ goes to the very root 
of that which has grown up between us and God and pulls it out. Christ clears the way for us to be in whole and holy and thus made holy relationship with God. This is not about punishment. This is not about someone else taking our punishment for us. To continue to believe in this way is to continue to be trapped in shame, which Christ freed us from. So today as we enter into reflection on Christ's death, let it be just that. Let it be reflection. Let it be us entering intimately into that intimacy. Let it not be rumination on our sins and terribleness. That is not the intent, my friends. And I think that we miss the blessing. And as, of, as, of, as some of our readings have said today, it is with a holy and reverent fear that we should fear God. I think of that as holy FOMO, <laughs> holy fear of missing out. I think that's what we should be afraid of if we should be afraid of anything, which is arguable. Missing the blessing, and the blessing is the relationship with God. So let us today be connected by suffering. Let whatever we are suffering today be our connection to Christ. And in that connection, let us receive the holy grace and reconciliation to God, to God in all forms, creator, incarnate, and Holy Spirit. Let this day, whatever has kept us from fully experiencing, living in, reflecting, and even being God's love, let it die. Amen. I perhaps went a little bit off strictly speaking about the scriptures, but that is what was on my heart to say today, friends, and I hope that the Spirit takes my fumbling human words and makes of them some sort of message. Let us continue in our prayer. Affirming our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, Spirit of Truth. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial 
and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. In place of the suffrages today, let us read the solemn collects together from the Good Friday service. It's found on page 277 of the Book of Common Prayer. Dear pupil of God, our heavenly creator sent their incarnate into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through Christ might be saved, that all who believe in Christ might be delivered from the power of sin and death and become heirs with Christ of everlasting life. We pray, therefore, for people everywhere according to their needs. Let us us pray for the Holy Catholic Church of Christ throughout the world, for its unity and witness and service for all bishops and other ministers and the people whom they serve, for all Christians in this community, for those about to be baptized, that God will confirm their church in faith, increase it in love, and preserve it in peace. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you. Through our sovereign and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray for all nations and peoples of the earth and for those in authority among them. For Joe, the President of the United States, for the Congress and the Supreme Court, for the members and representatives of the United Nations, for all who serve the common good, that by God's help they may seek justice and truth and live in peace and concord. Almighty God, kindle, we pray, in every heart the true love of peace and guide with your wisdom those who take counsel for the nations of the earth, that in tranquility your dominion may increase until the earth is filled with the knowledge of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let us pray for all who suffer and are afflicted in body or in mind, for the hungry and the homeless, the destitute and the oppressed, for the sick, the wounded, and the crippled, for those in loneliness, fear, and anguish, for those who face temptation, doubt, and despair, for the sorrowful and bereaved, for prisoners and captives and those in mortal danger, that God in their mercy will comfort and relieve them and grant them the knowledge of God's love and stir up in us the will and patience to minister to their needs. Gracious God, the comfort of all who sorrow, the strength of all who suffer, let the cry of those in misery and need come to you, that they may find your mercy present with them in all their afflictions, and give us, we pray, the strength to serve those for the sake of the one who suffered for us, your incarnate Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let us pray for all who have not received the gospel of Christ, for those who have never heard the word of salvation, for those who have lost their faith, for those hardened by sin or indifference, for the contemptuous and the scornful, 
for those who are enemies of the cross of Christ and persecutors of Christ's disciples, for those who in the name of Christ have persecuted others, that God will open their hearts to the truth and lead them to faith and obedience. Merciful God, creator of all the peoples of the earth and lover of souls, have compassion on all who do not know you as you are revealed in your incarnate Jesus Christ. Let your gospel be preached with grace and power to those who have not heard it. Turn the hearts of those who resist it and bring home to your fold those who have gone astray, that there may be one flock under one shepherd, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let us commit ourselves to our God and pray for the grace of a holy life, that with all who have departed this world and have died in the peace of Christ, and those whose faith is known to God alone, we may be accounted worthy to enter into the fullness of the joy of God and receive the crown of life in the day of resurrection. O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably on your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery, by the effectual working of your providence. Carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were cast down are being raised up, and things which had grown old are being made new, and that all things are being brought to their perfection by the one through whom all things were made. Your incarnate, Jesus Christ, our Sovereign, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. I believe, my friends, that that is a good place to close. The wisdom of God, the love of God, and the grace of God strengthen you to be Christ's hands and heart in this world. In the name of the Holy Trinity, amen.